Scanning. Identity authorized. Welcome to the Secret Superhero Club Podcast Network. Once, everything was awesome. Now, everything is bleak. Hey, Lucy. I brought you coffee. Coffee. The bitter liquid that provides the only semblance of pleasure left in these dark times. Oh my goshness, did I interrupt you brooding just now? Times have changed. You need to change with them. We have to be tough and battle ready. Look, a shooting star, make a wish. <gasps> oh no. Run! <laughs> Hurry, the door is slowly closing. The pain. It's getting so cold. Emmett, what are you doing? Hooray! See, that wasn't so bad. Nothing got in. Ah, something got in. I'm General Mayhem. Bring me your fiercest leader. Lucy! Emmett! Ah! This is all my fault. Hang on to your fronts, Planny. We're going to save Lucy. If I save your life, not at all. Who are you? The name's Rex Danger Vest, galaxy defending archaeologist, cowboy, and raptor trainer. <laughs> I don't get it. Will you help me rescue my friends? You don't want to go anywhere near the Sistar system. It's ruled by an alien queen. Only the toughest are gonna get out of there alive. Who's a good boy? Who's a good boy? <laughs> yes, you are. I'm a queen, whatever I would not be. I'm getting super evil vibes here. I could change my form to something else if this makes you uncomfortable. Hey, guys. No, go back. The horse was much more palatable. I got a phone and a play phone. I gotta get it, baby. <laughs> no, it did not. A1, hit him with the A1 song. Since <gasps> <Sing> A1, not <laughs> the A1 side. Lucy! Emmett, did you draw stubble dots on your face? What? No. <laughs> Are you? I'm your worst nightmare. You're me when I'm late to school and I forgot my homework and my pants are made of pudding? No, I don't. Ha! It wasn't him. It was Todd Hansen of the Hansen Brothers. I do not know if that is correct. I don't think they have a person named Todd. They're from Oklahoma, right? Uh, Hansen? Hansen? Yes. Like McLeod yes. or something? Yes. And did you know like Jane is like a giant fan of them? Did you know my friend Tanya is still a fucking giant fan of them? Didn't know that. She went to go see them, like, when they were here, like, a few months ago. Oh, God. Back when they were, like, 40-year-old men? Basically, yes. <laughs> the youngest one is, like, 29. Yeah. Yep. Oh, that was all the 90s rage. I remember all the girls saying, Hanson, oh, God. Yeah, it was... Mm-bop. They have no more songs. That, that was it. This is a one-hit wonder. Mm-bop. From Oklahoma, just like Hinder. No one remembers Hinder. Oh, shoot, Hinder. Yeah. Lips of an Angel. That was the greatest like love song of 07 because it was about cheating. And they say it's the lips of an angel. That's how the song goes, right? I don't remember how Lips of an Angel goes. It was, uh... Lips of an angel. <laughs> okay, that's how that's... Because <laughs> he, he was basically ripping off uh, Tyler Perry. Or not, Steve... Steve Tyler, wow, Tyler Perry, that is... He's ripping off Tyler Perry, freaking Medea. <laughs> no, Steve Tyler, because I was like, dude, this guy's trying too hard. 
Whatever happened to uh, what was what was the dude with the D that was in his name? Daughtry. Whatever happened to Daughtry? I don't know because he won. That was he was a contestant on American Idol, wasn't he? he? I don't think he won American Idol. No, he didn't. He like came in second. Same like, thing with like Adam Levine. Yeah. Adam Levine came in second, and he's more popular than who the heck won? Oh yeah, that's right. Well, just like Catherine McPhee. I mean, I don't know. I'm st- stretching way back, but she's like still doing stuff, which I'm amazed by. She's like in a. I think an, an ABC series called Scorpion. I might get that wrong. Whatever happened to Ruben Stuttered? He's probably at home listening to this. <laughs> hey, Ruben, how's it going? <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh man. Ah, oh, the middle aughts. What a what a what a great time in history. I mean, if you remember back in the good old days, middle aughts. The the Star Wars came out and everybody was excited. That is true. And they were like, "Yeah, Episode Three, and that that was May of two thousand five. Yep. And then everyone was like, "Oh, Episode Three in June of two thousand five. Yeah. Yeah. And then the Xbox three hundred and sixty came out in November. Yeah, because Halo Three came out. Was that like oh six? Oh six. Yeah, I remember. Or that. was it oh seven? Because it was because they did that whole finish the fight. That's right, they did. I don't know. I can't remember. I don't remember either. It's been a hot minute. That that has been a hot minute. We're talking about things that literally happened like 13 years ago. Do you realize that? Why you gotta make me feel old, Carl? <sighs> hey, is the alternative better? To be young and alive and fresh? I was yes. gonna say dead, but okay. Oh. Well, speaking of being young, live, fresh, and dead, welcome to the Animation Station Podcast, episode 142. My name is Josh, and joining me today, I have a very special guest, Mr. Carl Valentine. Hello, internet. <laughs> wow. It's not just internet. We're on... No, yeah, no. You have to download this. You have to download yeah. it. We don't, we don't do physical copies. We'll start doing that. 2020, we'll do physical copy, physical media. We'll send out the episode on floppy disks. I mean, come on. You know that, like, in Russia, there's, like, bootleg. This is on, like, CD. You know it is. There's just bootleg of the Animation Station podcast. There has to be. It's like, it's like <laughs> number one in entertainment in all of Leningrad, ASP. That is what we do. So what, that, that's what keeps Vladimir Putin at bay. Was was his was his constant release of the Animation Station podcast? Like, we would attack the Russians. Oh no, wait, that went German. Uh, hey guys, in case you don't know, uh, for this uh, for this skit, Vladimir Putin Putin is uh, is German. It's like, oh, we would attack the Americans, but for that Animation Station, we will leave it be. The starring role of Vladimir Putin was the same guy that was in Indiana Jones and played the black, but <laughs> played the bad guy. Good lord. Oh, God. That's bad. That's, That's bad. bad. So, Carl, how do you know me? <laughs> well, I know Josh because him and I worked at a place together. We worked at a movie theater, and we had a whole bunch of fun. We did a little bit of work, but we uh, had a whole bunch of fun. Mm-hmm. Those were back in the days. We're talking literally about something that happened uh, about... Thir- 13 years, 2005. Yep, <laughs> about 12 to 15 years ago. That's like a broad range, 12 to 15 years. Well, I'm just stating that just in case the statute of limitations hasn't ran out, you know. Oh, yeah. No, I think it's just 10 years, right? It's 10, 10 years, years, isn't it? 10 years. Oh, no, that was the good old days back when you were our co-workers and then I, you were my subordinate. Yay. Subordination. <sighs> there was a lot of insubordination there, too. From me. I'm slightly older than Josh, so... 
So, uh, uh, well, there's about a seven-year difference between me. So, so when he was in his teens, I was in my early twenties. So, I, I think we have the same about level of maturity. Yeah. Which no. you could either take that as Josh is much more mature, or I'm just really immature. I'll let you decide. No, I'm gonna go with you're more mature because you, uh, you're, you're smart about about the stuff. Well, certain stuff. If it's not important, I guarantee you, I'll know about it. If it's deadly important, it I'm not gonna remember. Well, dude, that that's the that exact same way with me because I I can't remember stuff that I should know for work, but I will remember that the two guards in Tenshi Muyu were Azaka and Kamadake on my deathbed. I will know. I'll just be like, be sure to name my great grandchildren Azaka and Kamadake and die. See, I can kind of get behind that because as a Final Fantasy fan, uh, I totally think on my deathbed I'm going to be thinking that hey Biggs and Wedge they've been like in every Final Fantasy there's got to be two characters named Biggs and Wedge in a Final Fantasy well those are Star Wars characters names exactly that's where they got it from oh really yeah ah uh, see I don't play Final Fantasy so is there or, or is there a Biggs and Wedge in Final Fantasy 15 there probably is somewhere oh man that's awesome just like there's Chocobos and always a guy named Sid Always a guy named Sid. Which I don't know. They they could have made Sid a girl now. I'm I'm not up to par. I haven't no, played Final Sid's, Fantasy fifteen. No, Sid is in Final Fantasy fifteen. There's oh. also a hot mechanic. Yeah, I, I I saw the pictures of that. Hot mechanic. I think everybody saw those pictures. Well, and then the meals you serve in the game. Yeah, you gotta go cooking. You gotta actually set up camp and stuff. Because they look so good. All anime food looks good. I I have lust for like video game food. That's pretty bad. No, that's pretty good. If you watch any freaking Studio Ghibli film, like they're going to be like, oh, here's food, and you're like, I, I'm hungry now, please. Please give me that. Can I have that? And you're like, no, it's animated. Speaking of video games, Josh and I are going to talk about a, a series that was released on Netflix that totally ties back into my childhood, and I'm so excited to see this. Uh, I sat down when it first came out and watched it, uh, and I just recently finished uh, Season 2. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, my wife actually watched it, and she was excited about this. She's not even a fan of the video games, but she was a fan of the series. And, of course, I'm talking about Castle. The, the Lego Movie 2. Lego Movie 2 was good. <laughs> let's, let's, so do you want to do Castlevania or Lego Movie no, 2 no. first? No, let's stick with it uh, while it's fresh while it's on fresh my mind. While it's fresh in Castlevania or Lego. Le- Lego Land. Let's, yeah. Lego Land. <laughs> Lego Land. Yeah, let's, let's, let's talk about Lego. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about the Lego Movie 2, the second one. Oh, sorry, the second part, because, you know, that's a great title. Um, so we're, we'll do the Lego Movie 2, the second part, and then after that, we'll rank it, and then we will do um, Castlevania. Awesome. The Netflix anime original, Castlevania. <laughs> All right, so the Lego Movie 2. Uh, here's a little, a brief, a brief rundown. It's been five years since everything was awesome and the citizens are facing a huge new threat. Lego Duplo. Invaders from outer space wrecking everything faster than they can rebuild. That's not really that much of a, that's like a, the worst synopsis ever. Yeah, it, like literally they wrote that five minutes before they put the film out. Thanks. Thank you IMDB for that wonderful synopsis that didn't, that doesn't really help. Didn't explain anything. Yep. Huh. Well, well, that's how that's how you get Lego Movie Two. So, um, we uh we basically have the, our returning cast. So we have Chris Pratt coming back as Emmett, uh, Elizabeth Banks as uh, Lucy, Will Arnett as Batman. Um, we've got Allison Brie as Unikitty, Nick Offerman as Metal Beard, Charlie Day, uh, Will Ferrell comes back. 
uh, Channing Tatum, Jonah Hill. Um, a lot, a lot of people come back for this film, which is really nice. And then we have more people that get introduced uh, to the cast. So we have Tiffany Haddish, who plays uh, Queen Whatever Wanabi. That that was that was such a great pun in the movie. Oh, it's so good. Like all all the puns in this movie were fantastic. Uh, you have Stephanie Beatrice as General Mayhem, uh, and then probably Maya Rudolph as Mom, and then you have probably my favorite new addition, which I didn't know who it was. Like I I heard the voice in the theater as uh, the ice cream cone. I heard the voice in the in the theater. I was like, that sounds really familiar, and it's freaking Richard Iowati from. <laughs> It's, I was just like, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Good job, guys. Freaking Richard Iowati. That was so good. It it made me happy. I was very the IT crowd fan in me was like, hey. Alright. So, Carl, tell me what you know of Legos. Well Lego. Back when I was a little child, back when uh dinosaurs roamed the earth and uh I'm pretty sure uh Back to the Future was just coming out. I got my first set of uh, Legos from my from my parents, and you know I wasn't very creative. Like I was very good. Like the Chinese should have employed me because I was great at building walls. That's all I could really do. I couldn't do anything else. I love building walls with my Legos. Now, uh, so did, that... you, did you use those walls to keep out the little uh... <laughs> little Mongolians? The little Lego Mongolians out. <laughs> I didn't have any figures. I just had the blocks. So I think I actually got to the point where I could actually build buildings, but I got to admit, I was probably like eight or nine, you know, about past the point where it's like, hey, maybe I should actually go outside rather than play with all these Legos. No, but, screw that. But I will say, um, other than that, I don't have much contact with Legos. Um, now, there were a couple uh, Lego video games that came out, uh, like the Lego Star Wars games, which I know has loose ties with Legos because it's basically Star Wars built in Legos, but... Uh, that actually, that, that series of video games actually helped me appreciate this movie. And just full disclaimer, I did not see the first one. Uh, Josh bought my ticket and said, hey, we're going to go do this. And, uh, I basically played follow the leader and went into it. I had not great expectations for this movie because I don't know anything about it, but, um, I'll wait to give you what I thought about it. But let's just say I was surprised. I was surprised. So, uh, so like on a scale from Pip to Mish Havisham, where in Great Expectations were you? Um, um, <laughs> Don't answer that awful, awful. Yeah, why were we bringing up Great Expectations? Because you said like, I didn't go in with Great Expectations. I was like Miss Havisham. Miss Havisham. No, it was it oh, was. Oh, it was Miss Havershaw. Was it Shaw or Sham? You were asking the wrong person. Uh, literary stuff is I a little bit Pip. above my head. That was that was some time ago, but I will say the Lego Movie, I would say is a definite must see. I was uh, I came in with honestly like low expectations, ball. and it it was it was incredible. It was incredible. I actually want to tell people say hey I, uh, on the way back when we were actually driving back, I actually got my phone out and texted two people, and I was like hey you guys need to see the Lego Movie Part Two because this is great. Yeah, uh, I was. So uh, the the first Lego movie is one thing. Um, we uh, we've done of the other two, uh, you know, big screen Lego movies on the show. So we've done Lego Ninjago and Lego Batman. And honestly, I th- like the way they rank for me. It's like the Lego movie was like 
at the bottom of the Lego lists. Like, Lego Batman number one, then Lego Ninjago number two, and then the Lego movie. Just because the Lego, like, Lego Batman did not take itself seriously mm. and was full of references. And then Ninjago was kind of the same way. The, the humor was there, and it was really good. And then the Lego movie, it was it was good, but it doesn't really hold to subsequent subsequent uh, rewatches where the other two did. Uh, so that's why I kind of like I ranked that one pretty low. Oh, okay. Um, but watching this one, the extra references and the extra stuff that they do in this, I, this may be right underneath Lego Batman for me. Like it was it was really good. And there's there's a whole song called Gotham City Guys. Best song in the entire ep- like entire movie. Uh, also, there's a lot of songs in this movie. No, there were. The first one was just like everything is awesome, and that's basically it. This this one was like a musical. Yeah, no, th- this one was a definite definite musical, uh, and uh, and and I really enjoyed that part. Now, um, just like I said, I haven't seen any of the other ones, so I kind of walked into this movie expecting, like, uh, Josh and I worked uh, at a movie theater together, so I kind of expected this as, like, a filler movie, you know, for a parent's afternoon when they can't stand the kids and they just have to take them some ways. Like, here, here's pretty pictures to enjoy. But this movie, it was filled with so many references in it to other stuff that it was, it was incredible. I want to go see it again, honestly, because I know there are things that I didn't catch. Yeah, there's there's tons of references, like just in the ones with Chris Pratt. There's like he's an archaeologist, space adventurer, uh, raptor tamer. Yeah, and you're like, yep, those are all Chris Pratt line, uh, Chris, Chris Pratt roles, except maybe Indiana Jones, which may or may not be coming. So, no, but that no, it was really incredible to uh, to see those references, specifically for someone like my age and. Uh, I know that's saying I'm old. I'm starting to get old. But just to see the things from, like, my childhood in, in this movie made me excited. It also made me realize that my generation has had kids, been having them for some time. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but it was really good. It yeah, was... it, it takes this whole bit of, uh, I mean, and, and we saw it, uh, this is uh, January 26th. So there was a special, it's, it's everywhere. You could have seen this at 2 p.m. today. It was a cross the nation. You could watch the Lego movie early. Um, so, so Carl, it's a it's a C for you. Absolutely. It's a C for me. And now we're going to do a little bit of spoilers. So spoilers in three, two, one. I don't know why I snapped there, but I just like spiked the audio when I didn't mean to. Um, so... This whole this whole movie is basically based on time travel, which I thought was a really cool cool aspect. Yeah, yeah, it definitely was. I liked how um, uh, they kind of didn't go into it. They didn't have they didn't have to like lay down a grand unified theory of why time travel just works. They just mentioned it, and then they just went with it. And honestly, I loved that because. A lot of movies today. Everyone needs everything definitely explained. I mean, this is this this is a Lego movie. It's designed to be fun. This is a kids movie. We don't need to have somebody sitting down, ran, just writing down everything about time travel. I'm going to say that. Someone's probably going to send me something later saying. Nah. <laughs> well, I, I like what they said too. Is like time travel is complicated, and that's all they did. They were just like, it's complicated. So we took a bunch of stuff. Like we took the DeLorean. We took. Uh, Bill and Ted's phone booth, yeah. the the TARDIS, 
H.G. Wells's bike thing and then the hot tub time machine too. I was like, you that all of those references, fantastic. And nobody's gonna know that uh Back to the Future. He even does the Back to the Future like yeah. disappear thing. Yeah. And you're like, that's fantastic. Yeah. yeah, even the flux capacitor shows like, up. I'm back to the futuring. And, I mean, we're talking about something that wow, is that almost forty years old? Back to the Future of nineteen eighty five. Man, man, 34 years. Yeah, it's a long time ago. But, but I love that about this movie because it, it was it was not only entertaining for the kids and uh, just stop for a minute because there's going to be a spoiler alert. You're oh, going to have kids in the theater <laughs> with this one. You're definitely going to have kids. And Josh and I saw plenty of kids. I, I was telling Carl, like, that was the worst. Like, the worst part about doing an animation podcast is that animated movies are uh, primarily for children, and you have to deal with children <laughs> in the theater. And that's the worst. Because children in theater are completely different than children at home. Because children at home, they can kind of be like, oh, okay, I'm going to go grab a drink, and then they're going to sit back down. They have to sit in one spot in the theater for like an hour and a half to two hours and not move. And that is very difficult for a child. That is very true. Um, but I will say I did have fun going out and seeing kids uh, just because th- they were so excited for this movie. As a matter of fact, uh, when the credits were rolling, uh, we, ha- we had actually adults that were making references and children to uh, to the previous movie as well, which, which I haven't seen it, but it makes me want to go out and rent it, honestly. Mm-hmm. It yeah, it was it was really really good, and there was that little kid that was dancing during the credits. And Absolutely, everything like that they brought the Lonely Island back to do because they did everything is awesome. So brought them back to do another song for the credits. And like, that watch the credits. Well, and that was awesome to me too because like Lonely Island, you know SNL. I I was like, wow, how can they bring this up in a kids movie? Because anything on SNL is generally not safe for a kids movie. But they did a wonderful job. I don't know that Natalie raps one where Natalie Portman comes in and she raps. <laughs> no, that is the please Damn, don't Natalie. You are crazy. That that, that no that, that's a Rick roll right there. No one go look that up right now. Cause... No, go look it up. It's amazing. <laughs> our kid, our, our our kids, our children, listeners are over the age of, I don't know, like ten. They can know that Natalie Portman bleeps things. <laughs> it's all bleeped, mostly. Most of it. It's mostly bleeped. Most of it. There's probably mostly. an uncensored version Oh, there is an there. uncensored version. That, that sounds about right. Because, um, yeah, if I was SNL, I'd be like, yeah, we'll release the, the digital one. I mean, since it's a digital short, we'll release the unedited one on YouTube. Yeah, that Have makes sense. Have at it, everybody. That makes sense. And they did, and you were like, thank you, SNL. What I liked about this movie specifically uh, is, like, it was so meta. Like, there were so many uh, references to something else, and the the plot itself is fairly simple. I will say the plot itself, if you think about it, is fairly simple, but everything that was thrown in with it, this honestly felt like a... Uh, it felt like a, just a giant ice cream sundae because it had everything in it, and, and I really like that about this movie. Um it throws you a misdirect. Like, they're setting up a misdirect, which is not a misdirect, and I loved it. They're just like, oh, yeah, no, we're not evil. We're even going to sing a song showing that we're not evil. And you're like, yeah, no, they're totally evil. But I'm sitting there, and I'm like, they're not evil. <laughs> it's like, you know they're not evil, but everything that they're doing is slightly evil-ish. But it turns out not to be. It was. It's all good. It's just one big misdirect. 
and I freaking love that. That yeah, you're right about that. Uh, I think I became a five year old again because I was immediately suspicious just because of the songs. Like, oh, they're evil. They're completely evil. Yeah. And in the end, it's like it's like we literally sang a song that said that we weren't evil. But like that was so bad. I mean, that that sounded. He was like, yeah, we're bad at communicating. And it's like. Yeah, I get you. I get you. Because the whole thing is like the sister just wants to play with the brother. Yeah, exactly. That's what the whole entire thing is. And to me, that was honestly the uh, the saddest aspect of it, of that dynamic. Because like this Lego movie, outside of this story, it's basically just a sister who wanted to play with her brother. Yeah. Which, and, and that's, a, we had that in the first movie. So spoilers. For the first Lego movie. So we have that in the first movie, but you don't really see that until like the last maybe five, ten minutes of the movie. And then you're like, oh, snippety snaps. Here's everything. Oh, uh, okay. But in this one, they're just like, nope, we start off with it, and then we just keep going and keep going and keep going. So I thought that was nice where they would just, you know, continued our everything. So it just continued that. And that was a running theme throughout the film as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... It was really good. I was, yeah, I, I, I was surprised by it. Like, the reference is amazing. Gotham City, uh, Gotham City Guys is fantastic because we have uh, mentions with uh, Christian Bale, yep. Michael Keaton. Yep. Uh, uh, wow, I'm losing my... Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer, Adam West, um, did you even George see, Clooney. Did, did, did you even see, uh, and I know everyone was laughing during the scene, but actually Beetlejuice shows up for this. Yeah, yeah, because he, he says, like, I prefer Michael, it's like, I prefer the Keaton, because he calls him Christian Bale, and he's like, I prefer the Keaton one, and uh, yeah. she's like, I liked him in Beetlejuice, and, like, Beetlejuice pops <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, Beetlejuice like, shows up. I mean, even, they, they even included Bruce Willis in this. That was... And that was great. I loved it. And he's all just, like, shimming in the... In the vents, and you're just like, people, the kids are not going to... Did they say something like, people aren't going to understand this reference? I think so. Something along those lines, like, kids aren't going to understand this reference. But you see, in my head, just because there's another movie that came out with Bruce Willis I haven't seen yet, but I really want to see it, I want to see Glass, I can just imagine Bruce Willis, like, getting out of the studio, filming Glass, and then going over and filming in his, like, uh, lines for uh, the Lego movie part two. What would be what would be amazing if he's still in the makeup? He just comes straight from set and he's like, "I'm running late." And he just runs in with his, you know, makeup on from glass. Probably got blood. I'm thinking Die Hard, but he's probably like <laughs> blood and everything. He runs. He's like, "All right, I totally don't live in this vent. I just I just like coming up here." <laughs> um. Oh, we had we had some really good references with uh with Marvel. Like they send the Justice League up to go uh, to. The oh what what do they call it the stairgate? By the way, guys, wonderful stairgate reference. It's totally the Stargate. Freaking loved it. Um, I was waiting for James Spader to pop up and make a make do a line, but it did not happen, unfortunately. So they send the Justice League off to go uh, to, through the stairgate, and Jason Momoa, which is fantastic, um, is there as Aquaman. The fantastic Aquaman. That was awesome. We got uh, Channing Tatum again as Superman, right? Superman, and then Jonah Hill as uh, Green Lantern. Uh, I thought that was really funny. Uh, so they go up, um, and there's like, we've sent all of our best, uh, we've sent the Justice League our best heroes, and Marvel's not call- answering our calls. 
you're like, you're like, nice. That was good. That was good. That was good. And and they were sent off to the to uh, the Sistar. Yeah, system. the Sistar system. That's right. That's right. Oh, what was it? What it was the something under the dry the dryer system. Oh, Undar the dryer. Oh uh, yeah, Undar the of the dryer system. That was great. I will say that after watching this movie, it makes me want to go home and dig underneath my dryer to see if there's any, like, toys underneath there. Because now I feel sad. This this movie, and it, it, to me, it had references to Toy Story. Yeah, very it, much so. It wasn't, it wasn't completely the story, uh, the story of Toy Story, but uh, it had a good enough references to it that I could that I could really get it. Yeah, it was, it, it had this, especially like, okay, so here's what I want you guys to do. When you go see this movie, the first time you see that the end screen, leave the theater. Just leave. Cover your ears and leave the theater. That's when the movie ends. It does not go on for another 15 <laughs> to 20 minutes. Just cover your ears and run out the theater. That's it. That's the end of the movie. Josh, you're going to have these kids bawling. No, nah, it's going to be amazing. Oh, God. You're going to get some hate mail Because it ends like Toy Story 3 should have ended, where all the toys get crunched up and, and destroyed. <laughs> well... Spoiler alert! That didn't happen, but no. but it was it, it was I did like that I did like that play because with this movie there was a bunch of misdirection because who you think's gonna be bad is actually good and who you think's good is actually bad and I think it was actually fitting I was almost waiting for them to do a clue thing which I'm glad they didn't you know this is the ending this is how it really ended I'm happy that they didn't do that but after that first the end I was kind of expecting that well I think that was kind of like a dig at Infinity War because they were like no we can't just end on a downer it's like everybody we gotta end on a happy note I mean people don't want to like end on a downer movie and you're like dig 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 that's true that's true that happened less than a year ago that's right mm-hmm. like, dig, 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 dig. so I love that I thought that was fantastic uh, man it was <sighs> the, the new characters that got introduced I thought were fantastic especially uh, uh, General Mayhem oh yeah I liked her um and I like how they incorporate the different types of Legos. Yeah. Because you have uh, like there's, there's there's like those Lego Elf that is in there, like the, those other Lego ones that Lego tried to market directly towards uh, women. Mm-hmm. So you've got those ones that legs don't move and everything yeah. like that, but everything's more stylized. Yeah. Um. So I mean they've they've got those in there. I think they've got the Duplos. So they kind of like put everything all together. And I I really like that you and you see like this cohort like cohesion with everything. So it's like no look they can actually coexist because they're all Lego. No, that's true. No, that's true. I, s- s- the Sistar <laughs> is doing it the entire time. I did like the incorporation of Duplo because at the beginning of the movie uh, the Duplos are are uh, evil. Well, that, that, that's how the last movie ends. Like the Duplos comes. Oh, like, uh, okay. Because he's like. Your sister. So, like, that part that was at the end of the movie, uh-huh. that is the, I mean, at the beginning of the movie, that's the end of the Lego Oh, uh, okay, okay. When they're just like, uh, it's like, oh, well, you know what this means. Now your sister can play. And he's like, what? And then you see this thing, and it's like, we're from the planet Duplo, and we're here to destroy you. And it's like, <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, and the Duplos were cute yet terrifying at the exact same time. So, oh. Duplos. Josh, did you know anybody that had any Duplos? I did not. I no, I the only time I've ever seen uh Duplos is at like my old school, like in like the preschool area 
for like the little kids. Uh, that was the only time I've ever. Yeah. And then those weird things that like connect. Oh those yeah. Multicolored deals that yeah. I don't know what the heck those things are. They're like weird Lincoln logs. Were those connects? I could be wrong about that. I have no idea what they were called. Yeah. Yeah, and they all fit together. Mm-hmm. The, I think those were. I think my parents were probably wise in giving me Legos. You know, they didn't get me that set that all connected because I would have been able to figure that out. I would try to build walls out of that. Yeah. Um, and then they had uh, the kid from uh, who does Catbug in The Bravest Warriors. He was one of those little stars. So it was like, hello, like those ones. Yeah, that's the dude who plays Catbug in Bravest Warriors. I also love the little hearts that explode. Mm-hmm. That was great. I think they called them love bombs, didn't they? That I was great. So. That was cute because they're, hello, and then they just blow up and cause mass destruction. I really like the character of, uh, and, I, and I know he was in the first one, but Emmett, he was so optimistic. He wanted everything just to work out. And towards the end of the movie, you actually, especially after the end, the first one, you uh, have this thing. You're like, man, this really doesn't turn out well for Emmett. But in the end, it actually it actually does. Yeah. It's it's really good. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it, it's one of those where I, I went in thinking that this was going to be just another like sequel movie like Incredibles 2. Because I don't know, Carl, if you've listened to our review of Incredibles 2 with Cloud City Cast, which is now Hilt Radio, um, Josh hated that film. It was I thought it was utter trash. But it, it was definitely not the first Incredibles. No. Uh, you could not replicate that. I mean, that was Pixar. Wasn't that Pixar right before they folded into Disney? Or it was right either right before that? or right after. Yeah, because they had done uh, a Bug's Life and they did Toy Story and a Bug's Life. And it was either and Toy Story two by the time Incredibles came out, mm-hmm. I believe. Gavin, if you're listening, let me know. Yeah, because and I mean that was just a the the first Incredibles movie. That's one you can pick up right now, and you can you can show your kids, um, and they'll love it, and you'll love it too. Second one, that was that was that. I was, don't know what they tried to do there, but I don't know. It just didn't click for me. It, yeah, it was just. Oof. I, they tried to make. They tried to take Mr. Incredible and he became Mr. Mom. Yeah. And then that's exactly what they did to him. Shout and out then, to Michael Keaton again. And then <laughs> and then Elastigirl was bringing home the bacon. Yeah. It was it was weird. I didn't I don't know. I it, 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 it didn't resonate with me. I mean, I and this is someone who didn't like the Incredibles. I just thought it was like I mean, we've seen superhero movies and you just did another one and yeah, it's animated, but so what? It it's incredibly boring. Like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, everybody. That first Incredibles movie is very, very boring. And then you get the second one, and you're like, this movie is equally as boring. And it, yeah, and then Bob, Bob, see, you know it's bad when Bob, Bob Odenkirk can't even come and save the dang movie. That's true. That's the, how you know it's That's bad. true. That's true. And and, and the, that second one, it's something you see it once and then you never see it again. Mm-hmm. Never see it again. The first one, um, I really liked, um, so I can watch it again. It's, it's not something I'll watch all the time, but that second one, I'll probably never see it again. Same. Like, I have no desire to see that movie ever again. And and I wanted to like this movie. I wanted to turn around and say, hey, I wanted another Incredibles movie, but I guess maybe I didn't. Yeah, it's it's one of those like, what? How do you follow it up? And then you got this, and you were like, "This took you guys like ten years to write, 
It doesn't seem like it. It seems like you just like slapped a bunch of crap together like a couple months before you started doing VO and then they were like, okay, animate it now. And they were just like, okay, here you go. Which makes me so sad for uh, uh, that that's got to go against Pixar because Disney in-house is just producing, you know, like fantastic movies. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that they released, you know, Frozen, which I'm going to be honest, I'm not the world's big, biggest Frozen fan. I think a lot of people need to let that go because I'm sick and tired of hearing about it. Um, I loved Moana. I had high expectations for Moana, and I went and saw it, and I know that was in-house Disney, and they made a fantastic film out of Moana. And then Incredibles 2 came around, and I thought, oh, you know, Pixar's going to knock it out. It just didn't hit home for me, unfortunately. Yeah. I, I, I'm still going with, like, Zootopia is probably the best thing that Disney's come out with in the last couple of years. No, you're right. You're absolutely right I about mean, Zootopia. I and, and we had a bet with uh, uh, Hilt Radio back in the day. Um, it was like, who was going to win the Oscar? It's like, if they were like Moana all the way, and Gavin and I were like, no, it's totally going to be Zootopia because Zootopia is just a better movie overall. Um, but, yeah, we had a nice little uh, wager, and obviously Zootopia won the Oscar. And so they do. They did Disney, Star Wars, and Marvel. So what they had to do then was Star Trek, DC, and DreamWorks. Oh, so, dang. Kind of screwed them there. Oh, man. Yeah. But no, okay. I. What did you think of the music? I thought the, the music, there's actually, I loved, again, how meta this movie is because there's a part, which is part of the plot device, where they uh, have to listen to a catchy song, and it'll it'll alter them, basically. It'll basically uh, uh, program them into wanting to go to this, uh, this uh, marriage ceremony, matrimonial ceremony. And literally, the song itself is talking about how you can't get the song out of your mind, and I loved that. Mm-hmm. It was really, really good. And it's, it's one of those things that you think it's like this reprogramming thing, but it's literally just a really catchy song to get you hyped to go to this thing. No, it, it's that's all it was. It's just, just like, wow. No, it really was. It, it was, and honestly, I could see myself because my wife actually has uh, uh, the first. Uh, everything is awesome. Yeah, everything is awesome from the first song on her iPad. So I can totally see like downloading this again because I can't exactly remember the tune in the top of my head, but I can recall it being really catchy. It was it was it was good. I love that. I love that. I love how meta it was and even references that it's a catchy tune and it's legitimately a catchy tune. Yeah. It was really really good. I was kind of hoping they were going to throw some K-pop on there. Like there was this part of me that was like something that the kids are into nowadays. I'm like, "K-pop. Who's it going to be? Boa. I'm going to be Boa." EXO steps out in Lego form. Oh, Josh. Oh my gosh, it. if it would have been Le- like Lego EXO? Lexo? Oh my gosh. Josh is losing it here. Ah. Uh. Can we hey, make, can we get Lego Lego EXO members now? We gotta we 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 need to get a petition or something like Somebody. that. Somebody Lego Movie Three. We need to write we need to write Korea right now. Dear Korea, please get with this Swedish. They're Swedish, right? Legos. Please get with yeah. these Swedish people. <laughs> we need this now. Oh man, oh, I would love it. That would be a fantastic game. And they could do like a rock concert that way. Well, what you do is like that's the next Lego game. It's uh, oh Lego Rock Band Two. Featuring EXO. <laughs> Featuring EXO. <laughs> uh, well, what they what they do is they just make a because uh, they you know they made like Lego Ninjago and Lego Batman. They make Lego K-pop, and it's just you know following 
little because like EXO has a has a had a TV show called EXO Next Door, so you could literally make Lego EXO Next Door. Oh my god! Yeah, it'd be amazing. <sighs> well, let's face it, Josh. If you had that game though, you couldn't play it at all because you'd be watching like the music videos in the background. Arnie, I would just I would just be watch. I would watch other people play it because I couldn't play it myself. I'll just be like, I'll just like, hmm, little Lego EXOs. Is, is Rock Band still thing? I thought I, I thought that was dead. So. I don't think I don't think it made the conversion to the one. Yeah, that's that, that's something. I'm gonna be honest from the middle aughts that I'm glad died. Aww. I mean, that's if hurtful. if you take well, if you're gonna learn to go play a guitar, just learn to go play a guitar. <laughs> it's not just so. Oh, the worst thing was when you were just like. <laughs> I don't have a clicker thing. Otherwise, oh wait, no. Here we go. Here we go. It would just be like. Do you remember at the State Fair, and I know I'm chasing a rabbit here, they actually had rock band concerts. Mm-hmm. They had rock band yep. contests. I they remember do. those. I would not be surprised if they still do it. <laughs> you remember, you know Freddie Wong? Yeah. he got, That's how he got popular, was he was a Guitar Hero champion. Wow. Yeah, he went to, he was like contracted, he went out to all these different places, and he would just play uh, Guitar Hero. That's kind of awesome. Right? That's that's how long ago it was that Freddie Wong, who is known for making all of these cool internet shorts and uh, video game high school and all these cool things, got started playing rock. I mean, uh, got started playing Guitar Hero. Wow, that is insanity. That just goes to show you, if you got enough determination, you could even take something out of like Rock Band and make it into a career. Because mm-hmm. all the while. When I had it for a little time, you know, I'd rage quit and throw my guitar across because I couldn't beat Black Hole Sun. You couldn't beat Black Hole Sun? What's no. wrong with you, dude? A, a lot, apparently. No, dude, Jukebox Hero, that one's the ridiculous one. <laughs> or or uh, or Tom Sawyer. We have to go to Tom Sawyer's like, and you're like yeah. oh my gosh, no, I'm done. Yeah. I can't play this. Dang you, Rush. <sighs> oh, man. Okay, so Carl. So overall, last opinion on the movie. Fantastic movie. I was excited um, once I left the theater after this. Um, I, uh, My wife and I rented uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs after it was in the theaters. We just rented it as a DVD. And honestly, that's uh, one of our favorite animated movies just because it was quirky. It was fun. Ooh, and had Anna Ferris in it. Who was Chris Pratt's? Was Chris Pratt. was Chris Pratt's wife? But Who's I, he dating now? He's dating like a Schwarzenegger. Yeah, right? yeah, he's dating a Schwarzenegger, which I would I would not mess with the with. Nope, with I would not dad. mess with that family. No, but um, no, uh, I loved Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Honestly, uh, I hope this becomes my next Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Something that I can watch probably once every three to six months because I enjoyed it that much. Dude, you have have you seen the uh, How to Train Your Dragons? Um, I have seen, and this is going to be bad, I've seen the first one, and that's really about it. The, the first How to Train Your Dragon was a very good movie. Watch the second one, and just you can see the quality change from the first to the second. It's ridiculous. Like, I, I went on a thing where I was like, I'm going to watch the first the first one, because it was on Netflix, I think. Mm-hmm. And so I watched it, and I was like, dang, I forgot how good that movie was. Mm-hmm. I want to watch the second one now because I hadn't seen the second one. This was probably about maybe like three or four months ago. And I was like, I want to see the second one. And so I went and I rented it and I was like, holy crap, it's a thousand times better. Like the first one was is really, really good. But then when you watch that second one, you're like, wow, the hair, just the hair, man. It's like, Lord have mercy. They, they went crazy game with this. 
and now the new one's coming out in a couple weeks, and I'm just like, heck yeah, I am stoked for a new, a new How to Train Your Dragon. Well, it's weird how to think how graphics have just improved in the past like four or five years, or, mm-hmm. or really animation graphics. Because if you watch Frozen right now, you're gonna be meh. Well, when that came out, that blew our minds. Yeah. Well, it, it's weird because like the, you, you say that, but then you watch Incredibles, and then you watch Incredibles two, and it's almost the exact same. Yeah. Yeah. There was no. Yeah. There was no progression. No. Which I don't know if that was just you know, and who knows? They, it there probably was, and they were just they just stylized it to look like the original. But I'm I sit there and I was watching it, and I was like, you guys could have done so much stuff. You could leaps and bounds over what you could have done and then this was the result we got so okay no more Incredibles no more Incredibles 2 no, yeah let, let's that. let's bury that in the sand yeah let's E.T. that out in the the what was that the Mojave where, where where was that at was that in New Mexico like in the desert in New Mexico oh yeah they're burying all those E.T. cartridges yeah let's bury it next to E.T. actually let's dig E.T. up put Incredibles 2 down there and then put E.T. down below well and, and what Josh uh, uh, with that uh, just like that beginning of was it Finding Dory, mm-hmm. uh, the little short for that for Sandpiper. I could not believe that was like an animation. Right, that Dude, to Sandpiper me, looked amazing. That was incredible. I was blown away. Mm-hmm. And then, well, I mean, Finding Dory wasn't that bad too, but it also looked exactly like. Yeah, I honestly, I don't know. Maybe that's a Pixar thing. Honestly, think I uh, uh, for Finding Dory, I could actually see them holding back on it just so it matches. Finding Nemo. I don't think they should do that. I don't think they should do that anymore. And that's what I'm afraid uh, Toy Story 4 is going to be. Yeah. I, I'm afraid it's going to look just like it. Just like just like 3. And I'm just like, no, just do something. Do better. Look at Disney. Disney's like always innovating. I mean, it's the same company now. But <laughs> at the same time, it's just, just innovate. Be better. Keep moving forward, as Walt Disney used to say. Wow, it's the most Disney praise you're ever gonna get from me. Not to chase a rabbit here, but um, you you were taught we were talking a little bit about Zootopia. Did you know that Shanghai Disney is actually planning to make a uh, park or, or or a little section of a park out of Zootopia? Yeah, they're gonna do Zootopia Land, and I'm like, I would rather go to Zootopia Land than Star Wars Land. Like, I a, a hundred times. Would rather go to Zootopia Land than Star Wars Land. And the little concept art they released from it, they got little kids who are wearing. If you go to Ever Disney World or Disneyland, there's 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 those Mickey Mouse ears or the Minnie Mouse yeah, ears you can buy. Hops yeah, ears. they got the Judy Hops. I saw one the kid had the zebra. One had horns like a ram. Um, I'm really excited for that. It almost makes me want to uh, uh, actually get tickets and fly out to the Shanghai Disney whenever that opens because that looks incredible. I hope we get something like that stateside because I think that could do really well. Um, here, uh, uh, in the in the United States, specifically like at Disney World with like a Animal Kingdom, I could totally see them integrating. I could see Zootopia. them popping in an Animal Kingdom. Yeah. It would be amazing. Yeah, take out Avatar, even though they just spent all that money on Avatar, but oh, oh, we're Josh and I are going to disagree about that. If you're going to well, Animal I've, Kingdom, I, I've never seen it. Though. Go to it. It's bioluminescent at night. It's the most beautiful thing you'll ever see in well, your life. Well, maybe I'll go with you when you go in September. Awesome. I'll go with you in September. Awesome. You, you, you I can, want to. You can. Bunk I, with I've us. never been to that. That park. I'll stuff you in a suitcase. <laughs> okay. Hope you like flying Southwest. Yes, I do. I'm totally fine. Like, because here's the thing. Like, when I flew to LA, mm. I spent that extra. It's like only like ten dollars to get like the priority stuff. So instead of it, you know, doing like the day 
before you board or like the day of you board, it gives you three days before. So you actually just do it three days before you board. And so you always get A. Uh, okay. Okay. So I think the worst I got was, I think I was A12. That was the worst seating I had was A12. So like I was like second group on the plane. The first, uh, when I was flying from OKC to Albuquerque, I think I was A2. So there's like one person that got in front of me. So I was like, darn you, I was so close. So you like sitting in the front of the plane? No, I hate sitting in the front of the plane. Ah, because I always get the back. I I always choose the back. Well, because you never, planes don't back into mountains. (laughs) You you were talking to my wife again, haven't you? Yes, I mean, and it's like, and if you lose altitude, where, where do you go? It drifts downwards so if anything you're gonna see the flames coming before and possibly go hands up true (laughs) true that's very true or you know if it hits something i mean look at the people in in lost i mean those people in the back of the plane they survived a long time that's true that's true i say that they 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 really didn't they got eaten by polar bears and like taken by people (laughs) real quick beautimus real quick another 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 mid-aught series that came out lost lost was some good stuff man you remember like High def TVs were so new back then. There was a set. There was a part of Lost you could only mm-hmm. see because it was in high def. Yep, it was the the shark thing. The big the big shark that had the Dharma logo on it. Who was that? Was like that was like losing themselves. Was that Brian or was it Mike? Yeah, that it was that. Yeah, that was one of our bosses that literally lost it over that. He was like, "Oh my gosh, I saw it!" And I was like, "I didn't see it because I had a garbage JVC." Yeah, yeah, us plebeians had got a standard def TV. We weren't like managers in a movie theater at that time. No, we didn't have we didn't have manager money back then. Nope. Now we do. Ah, the good old days of five fifteen an hour. I remember yeah, I started at five fifteen an hour. So bad. <sighs> so bad. But um getting back to uh Oh yeah, back to uh, yeah, uh Lego, to- Lego movie too. So out of five, so we do five thingamawoppers. As you've heard on the show. Absolutely. So uh, I do Dipper Pines. So I am going to give this, I'm going to give, against my better judgment, Be well, I, I say against my better judgment, no, I'm just kidding. Because, like, the theater experience that we had was subpar. True. It was a very subpar theater experience. Um, but I'm not going to hold that against it. I'm going to give it five Dipper Pines. I concurrently agree. With five what? Five dipper pines, you and also you the use, you can't use dipper pines. I can't use dipper nope, pines. You got to use your own thing. I got to use my you, own you thing. Can five Trevor Belmonts, if you want to. I don't five care. Trevor Belmonts, huh? <laughs> five little Trevor. How Belmonts. about I give it's it five of Emmets? Five out of five. Five Emmets. Five Emmets. That's fine. It was. It was good. In it, fact, you could say that's awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> All right. So next, Castlevania. So uh, we we had talked about Castlevania on the show. But we have not done like an actual like full Castlevania full review of the series, um, so that's what we're gonna do now. Because Carl is a big nerd about Castlevania. Oh yes, the, when I was a kid, Castlevania was one of those childhood things that it was a video game you had to play. There's I don't know how many uh, video games are in the series. It's been going on since I think eighty four or eighty five, and. Uh, Konami's actually kind of dropped the ball recently on having anything Castlevania related. They had a PS3, couple PS3 games uh, that were Castlevania, uh, but nothing as of recent. I'm hoping because of this series, they actually reinvigorate the Castlevania 
games and actually bring them back. Because Nintendo's actually leading the way in bringing back anything Castlevania because they actually brought brought back, I believe it's, uh, I could be wrong about this, I think it's Simon Belmont uh, for their Smash Brothers game that came out for the Switch. I think that sounds correct. As someone who doesn't play Smash... Because I was excited to see, as a matter of fact, I had a friend who knew I was a big a giant Castlevania nerd actually send me a link on Facebook saying, hey, look, because they had, a, they had the Belmont reveal trailer for that. And I was like, thank God someone is doing something with Castlevania other than Konami because Konami doesn't want to do anything with it. Yeah, it's sad. Um, so I guess we can kind of, let's kind of talk about, um, well, we'll just kind of go into the cast. So Castlevania was a 2017 Netflix series. First season had a, a whopping six episodes. Yeah. Um, and then you had, was it six or four? I think it was four. Uh, hold on. It was uh, not long. It may have been six. It, no, it was four, four episodes. And like, not, like they were all like 20 minutes yeah. long. Yeah. It was very, very short. Yeah. Um, so we had four episodes. Um, and so we have uh, Graham McTavish as Dracula, uh, Richard Armitage as Trevor Belmont. Um, Emily Swallow as uh, Lisa Tepes, and James Callis as Alucard, our main our main characters. Um, then you know, in season two, we get introduced to Theo James as mm-hmm. Hector, and a uh, guy whose name I can't pronounce as Isaac because I'm not even going to pronounce uh, attempt it. Yeah, we're we're gonna yep, skip that no, one. No, uh, Mr. McCormack. We'll we'll is butcher what I'm that. Go with a McCormack. We will butcher that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it so premiered 2017, and then we got the season two in 2018. Yeah, I believe it came out in October. Yes, and I believe they've said that we're getting a season three. Yep, it's official. Season three is. I know. I don't know what we're gonna do with season three though. I have so many conspiracy theories in my head about what they want to do with season three that it's ridiculous. Because um, uh, I'll wait to give my final verdict on Castlevania. Uh, but uh, as Josh mentioned before, I'm a giant Castlevania, not not the biggest Castlevania nerd, but I always tried to play any of the games that came out. As a matter of fact, um, every Halloween, during the month of uh, Halloween, October, I will actually sit down and play through Super Castlevania, uh, which is for the Super Nintendo, at least once. I will do it in one sitting, and I've done that uh, probably for maybe 18, 19 years. That you've just always played Castlevania? I've always played Castlevania 4, or, or Super Castlevania, uh, on the Super Nintendo for Halloween. That's one of my things that I do to celebrate uh, Halloween. See, that's cool. I mean, I wish I could play, you know, good games like that, but I'm just... One, I'm, like, awful at games, and uh, two, I just, I just never have time. I never have time for any games. Well, I can understand that as you know, we as we're getting older and becoming adults, which I'm trying to resist. There, uh, you kind of lose the ability to play games. But the good thing, uh, anybody listening out there that wants to have an easy access to Castlevania, I totally recommend Super Castlevania. You can get it. Uh, you can get it on the uh, as a digital download. I know for the Wii U uh, and for the Wii. Um, uh, I don't know if you can get it on the Switch yet, but I recommend it because it's one of the easier Castlevanias to get into. The first three, like on the Nintendo and almost all the other ones, they're very hard games. They You're going to rage quit and you're going to throw your controller because they're really designed for you to hate the controls. They're good games, but they're very hard. So is that is the first Castlevania a good game? The first Castlevania is a good game. Um, I honestly never 
completed it because for me it was too hard. And I know someone out there sitting down there laughing, saying you just need to sit down and complete it. But um, that was back in the days of you got so many continues, so many lives, and then it was just game over. Um, and uh, the Belmonts, uh, uh, Belmonts, there's always a different Belmont for every Castlevania, whether it's Trevor, whether it's Simon, whether it's Leon. Um, and they're very hard to control, um, and... And that was just because of the way uh, the controlling system was mapped out for the games. Uh, you're going to die mainly by falling in pits. And if you don't fall in pits, uh, you're going to get got by something that shoots you five billion times and you're dead. So it's a game that you're going to rage quit a lot. You're going you're gonna to be mad until you figure out the pattern and then you get past it. It's just that standard Nintendo hard game of the 80s. Those are the best. Um, sorry, I'm on Mondo right now looking at their stuff. They have, uh, you can get Castlevania 3, Dracula's Curse, the original soundtrack, or Castlevania 2, Simon's Quest, or the original Castlevania, um, or Castlevania Rondo of Blood. I don't know what that is. Rondo of Blood is a uh, game that was not previously released to Western audiences. It was a Japanese-only game. It actually got released to us starting with the, uh, I believe it was the PSP, because I got it, it was called the, the Dracula... Dracula X. Yeah, Dracula X, uh, and then um, I was actually able to get that through, uh, if the Wii store is still up, which it may not be, you could download the original, which came up for the TurboGrafx-16. Oh, dang. The Symphony of the Night package looks dope, dude. Symphony of the Night, um, Symphony of the Night is one of those things in Castlevania. That's when the video games started to become more Metroidvania. As a matter of fact, that's what uh, they call it. Because if you've ever played any Metroids, you know you go through a section and then have to go back because mm -hmm. it'll open up something. Starting with Symphony of the Night, um, that's, where Met that's where Castlevania became. Rather than linear, it became branching and where you're actually inside the castle. And Fun fact for all you uh, Symphony of the Night fans out there, that's where we get Alucard. And his reiteration in the series is almost exact like it was in, in Symphony, Symphony of the Night. Night. And to me, that was incredible as a Castlevania fan. Because uh, there, uh, in Symphony of the Night, Alucard did have dialogue. He had the same kind of attitude. And I loved that the creative team for Castlevania studied their source material so closely. And they honored it. They really did. They nailed it out of the park. So do you play as Alucard in Symphony of the Night? Absolutely. You start off as Alucard. Okay. Do you ever play as Trevor in any of these? That's the thing that I didn't look up before actually stepping into the Animation Station podcast studio today. I believe there is a uh, a uh, Trevor Belmont. Now, in Symphony of the Night, it's Richter Belmont who that game that you mentioned, Rondo of Blood, mm -hmm. the, he was actually the protagonist for that. And so Symphony of the Night and Rondo of Blood are actually tied together. And then Alucard steps upon the scene. Uh, and if you haven't sat down and played Symphony of the Night, I totally recommend it because it's a Castlevania game on steroids. It's one of the classics. Um, and and the dialogue, the lines, uh, the the gameplay itself... It's 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 a very good game, uh, and I totally recommend it. And they did such an awesome, awesome character uh, uh, on the series of honoring Alucard. They really did. I mean, he's androgynous. He's blonde. Yeah. He's kind of got this "I don't care" attitude. Mm -hmm. Exact same thing in the that game. For, that fight when he and Trevor fight, when he's like "prove yourself worthy" type of thing. 
fantastic fight scene. It's fantastic. I also love that in reference to Symphony of the Night, Alucard is enclosed in a coffin because anyone who played the games, you know, you go to the same st- uh, when you save your game, he actually gets wrapped up in a coffin, and that's how you save your game. That's awesome. Also from Symphony of the Night, and I know I'm nerding out right now, but like uh, the the engine that controlled the castle when it jumped. Um, is actually part of the save state as well. Really? Yeah. That's dope. Yeah. And, I mean, yes, someone who's never played a Castlevania game, I know nothing about these. No, it was... uh, The the references to Castlevania um, were very... were very... uh, were very implemented very well. I loved that, like, uh, Trevor found the Morningstar uh, inside of a section of a wall behind a shelf because that's a reference in Castlevania where uh, you can just beat up against blocks and either, it'll be either, like, hiding meat or it'll be hiding, like, uh, items or stuff like that. So that was a nice reference. Bloody Tears actually is referenced uh, when Sifa... Uh, uh, Alucard and Trevor actually step into the castle. Actually, the hairs on the back of my neck actually stood up because as a Castlevania fan, I heard that tune and I was like, oh my god, this is about to get serious. <laughs> yeah, and then you have a dope fight. Yeah. Um. So so we have the, fir- the first season, we have... Uh, and, and what I loved about the first four episodes, so season one of Castlevania, what I loved about it is Dracula is a very likable and relatable character. Like, from what you see, they can see he's just a dude. He was, uh, you know, a vampire, obviously. But then this woman comes in and completely changes him. And then, you know, the church kills her. Yeah. And he just loses it. Yeah. And I'm just like, brah, I, I get where you were coming from in here. Like... I totally understand why you would want to kill every single person in this town. No, and and what I loved about that, um, uh, I loved the beginning of this because there was no origin story for vampires. No, I get I, I I loved that part because I didn't need another explanation from almost every other vampire movie that's out there that will have to explain where vampires came from. There was no explanation; they were just vampires. And as a matter of fact, if you look at the generals that were in part of Dracula's War Council, they were all different sections from parts of history. Mm-hmm. Like Godbrand was a Viking; he had one that was uh, that looked uh, Arabic. Yep. Um, I really, really liked that aspect that there was no explanation for vampires. They they were just there. Yeah, I it was is really really cool. It's just like oh no yeah vampires have always been. That's just the way it is. We all know vampires and demons they exist because they didn't explain whether Dracula was the first vampire or whether he was just the most powerful vampire. And uh, honestly, it didn't make a difference in the series to really bring it up. Uh, but still, it, w- it was nice to see that. Not everything needs an origin story. And I say that today where almost everything, everything has, has an, an origin, origin story. story. Yeah. Um, I will, like, this is an incredibly violent and oh, this is, gruesome and gory series. This is not safe for work. This is not safe for kids. This is incredibly gory, just like Josh was saying. This is Game of Thrones animated almost to that point. Yeah, yeah. Like, the only thing it doesn't have, it doesn't have the language and it doesn't have the nudity. Oh, Everything else, they got it. Yeah, no, you're right. There's there's no nudity in this, um, but yeah, it was very... It, it was it's It's very gory. It's very violent. And I also like that uh, as because there's these two 
thoughts out about vampires. They either need to be elegant, like the Anne Rice, like Brad Pitt interview with a vampire type of vampire, or like the 30 Days of Night vampire, which are just these bloodthirsty creatures that just rip into you. And honestly, in this series, they were a combination of both. Because they had uh, this vampire aristocracy, but that doesn't prevent them from going out and just slaughtering an entire exactly. village. And, and yeah. I really like that. I really like that. So, yeah, so it's it started, and yeah, so vam, uh, the the church kills his wife, yep. and he gives them one year, and then he's going to come and kill them all. Yeah. And they then they have a celebration on the day that they killed her. Mm-hmm. And Jackie is like, nope, I gave you a chance, and then they all die. Yeah. Kills everybody. And then Trevor is out there doing his thing. Yep, being drunk. Being drunk, like you do. Because they've been completely like cast aside, so I don't know. Is that I get? I don't know if that was just for the anime or if maybe that was part of the games where like no. the Belmonts like fall out of grace as being these demon hunters. They may have in later games, but usually they don't give much. They don't give much plot to uh, really a Castlevania game like this. This series it's just was you go in and you kill the things. Yep, it was loosely based around I know Castlevania three. Uh, because I know Alucard and I know Sifa, and I don't know if that's Trevor. Uh, I just assumed it was just, it has to be a Belmont, but I don't know his name. But I know that it's loosely based around the third game. I don't think everything that happens in the third game happens in the series. Obviously not, because there were some changes, but but I did like that. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, oh man. Um, it, it was very cool, just like it's all of this first season. So then Trevor goes out after he beats the crap out of some people. Um, and then gets the crap beat out of him. And he just goes to this town and he wanders into these speakers who it's weird. Like the, the, the church hates them. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. God hates the speakers. Because mm-hmm. what was the what was the reasoning? Because like the old man says it. I think, elder. I think it's because, and I could be, I could be wrong about this, but isn't it because like uh, they 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 just have hidden knowledge that's that would have been hidden from the church? I'm guessing that's what it was. Because I mean, if if we think about like where in history this time frame, yeah, is this supposed is like to be, this is like Middle Ages. This is yeah, this is when like the church is controlling everything, mm-hmm. and anything that is not part of church doctrine is heresy yeah, and is pagan and is against well, everything. Yeah, and that's part of the reason why Dracula's wife dies is just because she's... Cause she's she, act- yeah, she's just... She's science. Yeah, she she was a doctor and she was actually trying to trying to heal people and she studied science just like Dracula does. Uh, but she was condemned and she was burned at the stake. Mm-hmm. As a witch. As yep. they did back then. Yeah, it's and, and that's what makes it really, really sad. And so like when I'm just like... Yeah, Dracula, kill all those people. Kill yeah. them. Well, and, and if you noticed, um, near the end, at the very end of the series, he's still wearing his wedding band. Oh, I didn't notice yeah. that. Yeah, I, yeah, I noticed that. I noticed that in the final scene. Um, he, he's uh, uh, when he's there, he, he, he's still wearing his wedding band. Oh, see, that's sad. It's very sad. Yeah, it's it's very sad because I think it's a, uh, uh, it's trying to teach a lesson about how you know we as humans are. Maybe not humane in our best ways. Oh no! This makes you hate a lot of people in this yeah, show. Yeah, and it does a really it does a really good job of making you hate people. Yeah, that first season was a good setup for all the three characters. Um, again, uh, 
I loved Alucard specifically when they go find him because he's literally they call him the savior that sleeps underneath the city. Mm-hmm. Um, Sifa and Trevor show up, and Trevor and Sifa try to kill him, which you can't, uh, you cannot defeat is, Alucard. Is her, is her name Sifa? Yeah, because it's Lisa. It's like Lisa Tepes. That should be Dracula's uh, wife. Oh, you're right. You're right. You know, it's Sifa. I'm crazy. I think it's Sifa Belnades. Yeah. But um, but she, yeah, Alucard shows up again. Another part where I didn't I didn't know uh, too much about the series before starting it, other than hey, it's a Castlevania series. And so when Alucard shows up, I did not expect that the. The, the hairs actually stood up on the back of my neck when I saw Alucard, too, because he was exactly like it was in Symphony of the Night. I loved how Trevor in this, because he's a drunk, he was a trash talker. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that part. I love the weediness between him and Alucard because they kind of had this frenemy relationship. Oh, my gosh, it's so good. Like, their back and forth, their banter and everything is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I, I love Trevor's, like, initial design, too. Like, I... Whenever he's wearing that big, huge, giant fur mm-hmm. that he's wearing, I'm like, bro, keep that on all the time. And then he loses it. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, man, what a waste. Keep that fur. <laughs> like, go back and get it. I know uh, you're fighting a Cyclops, but still. I really like Trevor in the first season. The second season, he kind of declined for me as a character. But in that first season, he was a drunk. He was witty. He's a Belmont. And so because of those things, he was he was the standout character for me. Other than the surprise character of Alucard in season one, yeah, like I really thought that what what's her name again? Sifa. Sifa. I really liked and like that dynamic because like the moment that I saw them and he's just like ah oh, yeah he's you whatever and I'm just like yep shipping it it's like it's gonna happen like it's just it's like duh that's what happens. Well, I we know. And I also like how the series like how season two ends with them not. Uh, let, let, let's real quick before we go into season two. So what would you rank season one? Season one, I would say eight out of ten. Here we go fives. Okay, let me divide that in half. I'm gonna do four and a half <laughs> out of five. Um, I yeah, I would give it. Yeah, I would. Oh God, I don't know. It's tough. I may give it a five out of five because I really like that first season, and there were parts of the second season for me, unfortunately. Um, spoilers. It's not gonna get five out of five because there are parts of that second season I think drag for me, whereas season one I was like. Ready for the next episode, next episode, I next will, episode. I will agree with you that the action and the pacing of it in the first season is much is much better than the second season. Because the second season just has a bunch of dialogue and mm-hmm. kind of backstory to it. Because there's a couple of those episodes you watch and you're just like, okay, come what on, happened? get to the point. Yeah, it was, uh, uh, I can understand Josh's rating for season one. Um, because there is a, there's a lot, it seems to be a lot more action that's spread out through the entire season, even though it's only four episodes. The second season, there were times where it, the story didn't necessarily drag, but there wasn't really anything going on. It was just dialogue. Yeah. Like, th- there are episodes that are straight filler episodes. Yeah. that That's all they are, is they're filler episodes. And you're just like, yeah, this, this is a setup to the next episode, which is fine, but there are ways that you can make filler episodes enjoyable, and there was a there were I, I I can think of at least three episodes in season two where I was just like, let's get to the next one, guys. Just get to the next one. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I can totally agree with that. Um, the second season, because they had a shift, because rather than setting up these uh, three characters, which they did in season one with Trevor, Sifa, and Alucard, they had to bring in this uh, other story of these two Forge Masters, one named uh, Hector and Isaac, and just as a reference, Hector and Isaac, uh, Hector is actually the protagonist for the PS2 Castlevania game Curse of Darkness, and Isaac is there as well. And it it, it definitely feels like season two is a setup for season three. Like that's what it sets it up for. I mean, otherwise, why would we get into backstories with Hector, and why would we get into these ridiculous like these backstories with Isaac? They these ridiculously complicated and intricate backstories that we get the a good course of the series like there's always little stuff popping up that gives you there's not just one episode where we get something we'll get something here and we'll get a little bit here and we'll get a little bit here and we'll get a little bit here so it spreads it out which i like what they do where they spread it out like that but then everything else that's kind of going on like between the vampires just all being you know a-holes uh, kind of that's the part that I'm just kind of like, eh, yeah, right, we get it, yeah, y'all hate each other. Well, I don't know if they tried to, uh, I don't know if they tried to make, just like, I felt like season one with the gore and, and the action was trying to take certain things for Game of Thrones. I think in the second season, they tried to incorporate that drama, and some of it just fell flat. Yeah. Because there was supposed to be mystery and intrigue and slight backstabbing in the second season, and that all plays out, but it's just not effective as as you think it would be. It, it wasn't season one. I think they tried to recapture the magic from season one into season two with that, um, and it just didn't work out. Now, there are, in my opinion, I, like the action scenes for the last two episodes, to me, were just incredible. Oh, yes. Uh, so, yeah, we, we have Hector and Isaac, this whole thing. So, like, uh, basically, uh, Hector's, like, basically, like, they equate him to almost like a child. Yeah. Yeah, he's a forge master, which also I loved about this series. There was no explanation of magic. No, it's just like magic is real. Yeah, magic is real. It's very like, obtuse. Like the speakers know magic. Yeah, but they're really the only ones. Yeah. Everyone else, it's written like in any Nokian code or Adamic code or Adamic language. And so they made it very hidden. And so there's no, so not everyone can practice magic. And so I liked that portion, and it was very... It was very hidden, and I really like that about about the series. Yeah, um, yeah, the magic is great. Um, so yeah, so Hector's basically like the mind of a child, and I really liked Hector's character because like it's one of those where it's like he just wants to do this stuff because one he really he admires Dracula because Dracula let him do this stuff. Yeah, is just letting him basically be and do what he wants to do, and that's why Hector likes him. And I'm like, that's cool. But again, when you he's like, he basically has the mind of a child. He gets tricked easily by what's her name, Claudia, Camilla, Camilla. He gets tricked by Camilla real quick, who, uh, who's pretty ba if you ask me. Yeah. Um, her army and everything, like her plan that she had. Uh, so he gets tricked by her, and it's you. Just, I just felt bad for him the entire time, but I knew that Isaac was gonna be a big bad. Like Hector to me was never going to be a big villain, but I knew Isaac was going to be a villain cuz like the moment he was like his everything that he thought of and the moment that he killed uh what's his what's his name? Godbrand. Well the moment that he kills Godbrand, I'm like Isaac is our new big bad. He is going to be the next big bad that we have to fight. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, and the character Isaac, um, honestly, he was probably my favorite character in season two. Mm-hmm. Season one, I definitely liked Trevor. Uh, season two, Trevor kind of took a backseat because he was less of a drunk, kind of more there. Well, that, and he's also hardly in the series. Yeah, he's really like, not. The, most of the, like, I would say probably 75% of the time we're in Dracula's castle. Yeah. And then everything else is like, oh, yeah, by the way, um, these three are off roaming the countryside just doing stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but but the character of Isaac, just because he has a sad uh, background story, um, and his loyalty to Dracula is like unwavering. Because Hector has Hector basically gets tripped up by Camilla into thinking, hey, maybe uh, uh, Dracula's intentions aren't good, and maybe we should actually help lead this war against humanity because Dracula's wanting genocide on everybody. He doesn't tell Hector that. He actually lies to Hector and tells Hector that he just wants a culling. Basically that humans will be livestock. Yeah, because like, that was the whole thing. Like Hector didn't want like humans to be gone. He was just like, he was just like, yeah, I mean yeah, well, we'll kill some humans, but you know we'll have other humans and it'll be like a new race yeah. type of thing. Not just He's gonna kill every like Dracula was gonna kill every single human except for Hector and Isaac, which is sad because towards the end of the series, that's exactly what Dracula's plans were. He was not only gonna kill off all the humans, basically all the vampires were gonna die too. Yeah, he's just gonna well, because it'd be like you kill the humans, the vampires have nothing to eat and drink. Yeah, you know, they, and then they're just they all have to die too. Yeah, a slow and horrible death, mm-hmm. which. The, Alucard actually references that near the end, uh, talking about um, that all this has been basically history's longest suicide note, um, which Alucard actually does wind up confronting his dad um, in the next to last episode, which was which was beyond epic. Um, but yeah, the uh, the Hector, I felt so bad for him because he's so innocent. Mm-hmm. Because they show him, they have a flashback as a kid where he actually brings back a dog because he's a forge master. Um, now I got Pet Cemetery references from that when it was he did that. Very Pet Cemetery. Because I was like, because I almost had that old man in my mind saying, "Sometimes dead's better." That that that's what I had in did, my did mind. Did you know they're remaking Pet Cemetery? I heard about that. Yeah, I saw the thing and I was like. What is this? This can't be what it and it's like pet cemetery. It's pet cemetery. Like, Holy mother. Well, they brought it back, so I guess they might as well bring everything. I, it's basically the same type of thing. Yeah. It just looks yeah, new and is. you're like, "Holy jeepers." But there's a scene where Hector's bringing back this this dog, and I'm assuming it's the family dog because he brings it back and he's all happy. Yeah, it wants to play he with him. He steps into a house and then you I guess you hear his mom say Hector and then she like screams because his job uh for Dracula is to actually make all these uh uh, this is basically reanimate the dead and make these uh, this army uh, for uh, for Dracula to go out and basically just commit mass genocide uh, like against do. all humanity. And so that's one of Hector's job. Hector's and Isaac's job. They're actually both forge masters, and so that's what they're that's what they do. And uh, what I thought was funny um, it, during season two that Hector and Isaac are actually the ones that are basically just right below Dracula. Yeah. Two two humans, we might add. These are not both these guys are not vampires. They are humans. And the and these are the ones that Dracula trusts with his counsel. Yeah. Like when all the other va- like he's got all the vampires there, like all this like legion, like this vampire court, and the two people that he gets any of his stuff from are Hector and Isaac. Exactly. Which I loved. I was like, Y'all vampires don't know your place. No. No. Like 
you and and they're just like, yeah, why why are you all up with the like, especially uh, Godbrun is like, why why do you care about these humans? Which Peter Stormare is fantastic in this. Uh, it's like, why why do you care about these humans and blah 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 blah? They're just cattle and like Dragon's like, I ain't having any of this. Yeah, that's it's fin it's great. It's so cool. So it's like you can tell that like Dracula he's pissed at the humans, but at the same time it's like, yeah, but these. There are some humans that are good. Yeah. Well, and I loved how, even though his... Because when you play the video games, it's Dracula, you just kill him, he's evil. Good's good, bad's bad, there's white and there's black and there's no in-between. What I loved in the series is that I can understand Dracula's intentions. Mm -hmm. Everything is gray in this series. Yeah, everything is very gray because like, even certain actions that he has during this shows that he's not completely bad. Mm-hmm. He's not completely bad. And someone who can be completely good may actually not do great things as well. And so that's that's what I really loved about the series because it really it really fleshed out the human condition. And I mm-hmm. and I really I really enjoyed that. They took something that was a video game that you sit down and play and then turned it into this 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 sweeping drama that is actually a critique of humanity involving people who are uh, people who God hates, a corrupt church, uh, vampires. You know, you're talking about all these things in this mix, and it's and it's a giant, it's a giant statement about the human condition. I will say I loved the fact um, that the priest from season one, who was such a d bag, gets brought back in season two. In the coolest of ways. Oh, I love that. That was that that was the best part, and that goes to show you that like Camilla, like I'm gonna be honest, I love to hate Camilla because she was the character in season two. I was just like, I hate you. I hope you literally get staked in the heart and die. Oh no, you want it to, but at the same time, you're like, I want you to die, but I want your plan to work. Yeah, you know, it's like I want to see how far this can go. Until it breaks bad, and I'm ready for it to break bad because I know it will. But at the same time, I want it to go as far as it possibly can. It's one of those like I don't want it to be nipped in the bud real quick. I want you to go basically to the end, and then like second to last episode. Then I want you to go. Yeah. And like the fact that she she gets Hector, and like the plan is a fantastic plan. No, it really is. It's like we're gonna take we're gonna. When he stops, we're going to stop at this river, and then I'm going to have all my people here at this, like, all my vampire army here, who her vampire army, by the way, looks dope as hell. Yeah, I wouldn't mess with them. Like, they look super cool. Um, So we're going to have all of our vampire people over here, and then there's a bridge, and I'm going to send this reincarnated priest out, and he's going to do this thing, and he's going to die in basically blessing this... Yeah, this river. This river and making it holy water. And then destroying this bridge yeah. so all of this vampire army falls on this bridge and dies. It's yeah. fan freaking fantastic. No, it, was, it, was, it was epic. And my favorite, honestly, part of that, because um, uh, things a little bit get a little bit uh, go haywire with it. Sifa actually learns how to be able to control the castle, and she actually spawns it in the middle of the river. So there's this part where, like, just, like, on the first level of this castle, there's this giant flood of water, and all these vampires just perish. Yeah, it's so cool. It's like, everybody's like, oh, we gotta run now. <laughs> and then they're just dead. <laughs> um, and then, like, when when it gets, uh, the the castle gets transported to the Belmont Estate, 
like right across this road from that the was Belmont awesome. estate, and like everybody's fighting. So like, because like there are vampire uh, Camilla's vampires that have made it into Dracula's castle, yeah, and they're fighting. So everybody's fighting, so they're killing each other. Um, and then the Belmonts show up. Yeah. So like, uh, Sifa and uh, yeah. Alucard and Trevor walk in the door, and that's when it plays your song. Yeah, it plays Bloody Tears, and, and I love that because because that's actually when Trevor actually had this click moment for me in season two where it's like, hey, I'm a Belmont. Mm Because before then, he was basically arguing with Alucard. Um, They had to go find basically where the Belmonts hid all their knowledge, and that was cool. They had a bunch of references to stuff, and Alucard's picking on Trevor the entire time. Calls him a hoarder, says, are we going to find any mummified cats among all this, or did you eat the cats? And then they show up to the castle, and you've got these three, and Trevor, I remember, says, because he's got the Morning Star, he says... I'll terrify them. Sifu, you distract them. And Alucard, you take them from the top. Yeah, it's so good. And I, he's like spinning that morning yeah. star, and you're like, bro, it looks so dang good. Yeah, yeah. And then that's when like all of the vampires are like, oh, shite, it's a Belmont. Yeah. We're going to have to deal with this. And so, like, all the vampires, like, stop what they're doing. They're like, we got to kill the Belmont. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I love that because that automatically stops this little civil war that's going mm-hmm. on. It's like, oh, crud, we got to deal with this. I love how Sifa, she actually splits a guy in half with a little ice move. That was incredible. That was one of the the aristocratic vampires, too. Like, yeah. it was, like, one of the big head honcho vampires. Yeah. He got he got split. Literally. And then Alucard, he turns into that white wolf and he jumps over the fire. And what's so cool about Alucard, and this is also in Symphony of the Night, he'll get things called, like, familiars. And, like, literally that sword that follows him around, Mm -hmm. that's another thing you can actually get. And it'll actually go out and it'll attack the enemies while you're just standing there. That's awesome. Mm. So I love that reference that was in there because... It's, it seemed in the series that he was able to actually control the sword with the mind. I think in the video game, it ha- it was its it just, own it entity. Just does a thing. Yeah, it was his own entity. But, like, it, I love that aspect of it. Um, I love that fighting part of it because we hadn't seen that before in Alucard. That first fight, what do you have with Trevor? Trevor, where actually, Trevor actually basically just kicks him right in the crotch and he yeah. says, This isn't a bar fight. Uh, he's like, He kicks him in the crotch and he's like, Bro, really? Come on. <laughs> I love that part. Because I was like, man, you're like, you're like, dad is freaking Dracula, but you still have decorum. Mm-hmm. And yet we got this Belmont who's supposed to stand for like all this like Truth, good stuff. justice, and the Transylvanian yeah, and, and way. Then, and then he's beating guys up in a bar because mm-hmm. he's freaking drunk. It was, it was, uh, I love that. That was great. Ah, uh, so, and that fight, that's a fantastic fight. Um, and then Alucard goes up and fights his dad. At the same, well, I mean, I mean, we kind of missed a fight. That fight that happens in the Belmont estate with those demons that come down. Oh yeah, that's right. That's, like it's like this. Everything is going down. Like we're all yeah. falling down. We're trying to get to the ground floor, and we're just fighting our way down. And we're fighting all of these demons throughout. Yeah, that one demon with the spear was super cool. Yeah. Yeah, I like the flying one that had that scary skull, and then mm-hmm. it breaks off, and then you think like. You think in a fight, like losing something would actually make it like less scary? Oh no, it got more scary. It got when more that scary, fell off. and it got pissed then because yeah. you got you broke part of it. Now you're like, okay, yeah, now you're scary. And I love because this is the first battle that Trevor has using the Morning Star, and he's got one of those witty lines because he hits something uh, with the Morning Star, and it literally explodes. Mm-hmm. And so, what was his line? It was like, uh, 
now I understand why my parents didn't allow me to play with this as a kid. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, you could have destroyed the family maid, you know? <laughs> it's like, hey, Rita, catch. And you're like, oh, oops. Because at that scene, specifically, Sifa's trying to uh, actually summon the castle and immobilize it because it's able to transport. Uh, Dracula is able to transport the castle because it's got an engine uh, in it. Um, and and Alucard's actually, he was working on making the runes for the mirror so they yeah, could see the castle. Yeah. Which I was kind of like, oh, you know, yeah, because he, he had to concentrate on the runes so that she had something to pull from. Yeah. Because she had to, like, see a visual of it. Yeah. Yeah, in order for them to pull. Okay, that makes sense. I can't remember. Like, I saw it when it came out in, like, October. Oh, so uh, okay. I should have, if I would have known we were talking about it, I would have rewatched That's it. okay. That's okay. I just saw it just literally two days ago, and then Jane watched it, so, and then I watched, rewatched see, it with her. now I want to rewatch it. And now I want to play the game since I have a Switch now. I want to see how, like, what is all available on, like, the Nintendo eStore so I can well, possibly I, get a couple. I don't know if any Castlevanias are out. I will say that one of the producers of Castlevania, and this is just a plug for Bloodstained, because Bloodstained is going to come out uh, later this year. Um, it's by one of the producers for Castlevania. He has left Konami uh, and gone on. This was actually... Uh, uh, crowdfunded and it's called Bloodstained. It's gonna kind of like Mighty Nine. Yeah, it's gonna be similar. Hopefully, better than Mighty Nine. But uh, or Mighty Number Nine. Yeah, Mighty Number called? Nine. But this is gonna come out later in the year. They've already released a small, small game for it. That's eight bit. That's called Bloodstained: Curse of the Moon. Direct ripoffs of Castlevania. Both of them are gonna be. Uh, and honestly, I can't wait to play either of them. I've got a Switch. I need to go home and actually download that eight bit one. But the later one comes out this year. Okay, is it is it going to be eight bit too, or is it no? Gonna this be... is going to be in a brand new style. Okay, that'll be nice. Yeah, it's, I'll, it's... I'll check that out then, because I mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah, not knowing anything about Castlevania, so it's kind of like. Eh. Well, and, and... Like, literally the only thing I know about Castlevania is from the anime. Yeah, and the only thing I know about Wolfenstein is it's there's just like Nazis won World War Two. And and like Dracula's a vampire, or Hitler's like a vampire or something. Hitler's a vampire. Like always. Of course. Of course. Of course. Someone's got to be the bad guy. It's got to be Hitler. Always. But, um, yeah, this, uh, uh, as a video gamer, I, uh, I'll go ahead and give you a, a little bit of what I thought. Season season one, like I said, was four and a half out of five. Season two, honestly for me, was five out of five. And here's the reason why. Here's the reason why. They pandered to the Castlevania fan. I normally don't like pandering, but it's pandering I can get down with. And see... From someone who doesn't know the Castlevania, that's why I liked season one better because there's no pandering. Yeah, it's very much just like boom, 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 boom. Literally, because we got boom one episode, boom two, three, four, and that's it. That's all my booms. And this one, I was just kind of like, yeah, I see what you're doing. You're setting it up, which is fine, but something that you could have done in an episode, you make it go through three to four episodes, mm-hmm. and that's the part that kind of lost me. Um. And the fact that, like, nobody ever found out what happened to, like, uh, what was it, God? Oh, Godbrand? Yeah, no one ever figured out what happened to Godbrand. You know, he just kind of disappeared, and you're just like, y'all ain't searching that hard. No, no, and what's sad about Godbrand is he's, like, gassed on only, like, only if 
but in like Gaston level, Gaston would be humble compared to Godbrand. He literally has this dream sequence where he's going out and he's slaughtering guys and he's saying his name after every time he, s- he kills one of the guys. It's like, Godbrand! And he just slaughters people. And it ends with him saying his name. And he wakes up and he's like, oh, bring me beer and blood, which it's pig's blood, so he decides to go out. Godbrand's character is one that I would have liked to see more. Of because what's sad about it at the end of the season, you if you in retrospect, Godbrand was one of the first ones to figure out what Dracula was actually going to do. Mm-hmm. He was going to kill everyone basically, and Godbrand actually goes in front of Dracula. And what amazes me about the series because if if you just look at it, which Godbrand and Trevor are never in the same scene, but I feel like Trevor's smaller than Godbrand. But when Godbrand stands up to Dracula, Dracula is immense and yeah. towering and actually puts Godbrand in his place. Yeah, like, we, we only see, like, Trevor only hit, I think, hits Dracula, like, a couple of times yeah, yeah. before he gets thrown, like, seven feet, like, seven feet down. And he's, like, you know, four stories below everybody. Yeah, 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 yeah because uh, Trevor was honestly the weakest one in, in, the, in the final fight against Dracula because all three of them get to the point where... Uh, um, where they fight directly. But before that, one of the touch, most touching things that I saw in this series is that Dracula had so much, I would call it love for Isaac, because Isaac was so loyal to him. I, there's a point where Isaac is actually right in front of Dracula, and he says, I'll fight for you, I will die for you, this is my cause. Yeah, because he's ready, right? Because like, Alucard's on his way, yeah. and he's just Isaac's like, all right, you stand behind me, I'll go first, and then I'll kill him. But, you know. You can watch. Yeah. Yeah, and, and there's no way. I mean, Isaac's very powerful. He was able to take out Godbrand with this little uh, auto-flagellation whip um, pretty quickly. So mm-hmm. Isaac's pretty strong. Honestly, I don't think he would have been able to take Alucard. I really don't. Oh, no, he wouldn't have, but he was going to try. That was the thing. He was going to try. And Dracula was like, bruh. Like, yeah. took him and, like, threw him in the yeah. desert. Yeah, yeah, Dracula actually just, yeah, opens a mirror portal and throws him. He actually saves his life in that. Mm-hmm. And I was really touched by that. Yeah. And that goes to show me that was part of it of, like, Dracula's not completely bad. Oh, yeah, no. Well, and, and the fact that, like, you, you, you talked about it uh, when, before we recorded. It's like, he gives, he gives up. He lets yeah. Alucard kill him. Yeah, yeah. Near the end, when the fight's going on, and by the way, that was an epic fight between, uh, Alucard and Dracula. Uh, any of you watching it, um, that part where he summons that giant ball of lava and flame, that is actually a reference to uh, the games because that happens in certain games at the end scene where you're fighting Dracula. And the fact that Alucard, Sifa, and Trevor were able to repel, to push it back. If you notice that Dracula is only holding up one hand to manifest that giant ball, but all three of them are giving them her all might. Mm-hmm. And they're actually pushing in on it. Alucard's actually using his sword to press in on it, and that ball just kind of collapses a little bit. Then it flies all the way back. And after that, we had this epic like battle between Alucard and Dracula. Honestly, for a second there, because of the way the, the battle was going on, I figured Dracula was going to kill Alucard. Oh, yeah, no, I was fully expecting him to kill Alucard. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, okay, he's going to kill Alucard, and then Simon's going to come kill him. Yeah. Like, Dracula will be, like, probably mortally wounded, and then Alucard, I mean, then Trevor's going to come finish him off. Yeah. But. Yeah, that is that is not what happened, because um, in the end, Dracula kind of gives up, because they actually have this tumble, uh, this fight that's that goes into uh, Alucard's room, his uh, his childhood room. 
and uh, that's where Dracula kind of gives up. He he gives in. Well, because like, he he's I think doesn't he have like Alucard's like yeah his toys and well no like, he has it like, like doesn't he have like Alucard by the throat? Yeah, he does. And he's about to kill him, and then he looks where he's at, and he's like. Oh no! Yeah. My wife wouldn't want me to kill my son. Yeah, and yeah, because he's actually talking to his wife for a little bit. He's like, "This is the greatest gift you kill you, you're you given me, and I'm killing my son." Mm-hmm. And then at that end, I is think that, is that one of the times because I think he sees that vision like two or three times, where like little bitty Alucard's like running like running through the halls, and like his wife walks by. I can't remember that happening, but. But I mean, I thought so. It could have been a fever dream from Josh. I mean, that may have. Maybe I didn't catch it. But I mean, Dracula just basically just gives up, and then Alucard just finishes him off. Trevor comes in and cuts his head off, and uh, Sifa burns his body. And as far as we know, Dracula is no more. Mm-hmm. Until see, season three, when Isaac comes back and brings see, him back, and that's what I think. I think that's why they why he threw Isaac out. I don't think Dracula knows this, but. As a Castlevania fan, um, I highly believe that Isaac is somehow, and this is just my theory, so I can be completely wrong, I think Isaac is going to become the Grim Reaper. And I think through his Forge Master skills, he's going to have a way to resurrect Dracula. Because in Castlevania games, Dracula comes back every 100 years. And you said that there's always a death that... You always have to beat death before you beat. Yep, you always beat the. You always face the Grim Reaper before you face Dracula. Now that may not be in all of the games, but most of them you will fight the Grim Reaper before you fight. Literally, Dracula is so powerful in the games, death is subjected to him. See, that's cool. Yeah. Okay. So, what would you give? So, yeah, season two, you gave a five. Um, I'm gonna give. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna give it five Morning Stars out of five. And I'm gonna give it four Dipper Pines, because again. The, the parts in the story, the action scenes, fantastic. The end, I loved because, you know, my couple got together. So Josh's uh, romantic side got got uh, satiated as well. Um, but I don't know, just like the, that good chunk where it's just in Dracula's castle. I don't know. For me, I, I it just drags and it's going to it would it would be hard to rewatch it. Unless I unless season three is coming out, yeah. Like I I don't like season one. I don't know how many times I watched season one. Probably like I, I don't know maybe like four times I've yeah. seen season one. Because again, it's only four episodes, so you, you get it done in like an hour and a, like not even an hour and a half. Because they're only twenty minute episodes. Yeah. So, yeah, you get it done real quick. But yeah, I don't know that first. Yeah, if I, yeah, I'm gonna give it four four different pints. Okay. Okay. I I uh I like just just as a side note I am not well versed as Josh into uh, animation that's his uh that's that's his thing I will say I enjoyed the animation style of this mm-hmm. it was very anime esque I also liked in watching it again I noticed how like before action scenes like they kind of did a Matrix thing where before someone would make a major hit they would slow down the action mm-hmm. just for like a couple frames so you could catch up and then yeah. it resume I did like that about it. Yeah, like whenever like the 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 fight scenes and everything like that looked really really good and everything looked fluid. Yeah, like the fight scenes, like there's some fight scenes when you know people fight, you're just like sitting there and you're like, "Yep, they're fighting," and you're like, "Oh, that's kind of cool." But this like everything seemed fluid. Yeah, there's no repeats in animation, which sometimes does happen. Um, but no, this was just it was all fluid. It all looked good. Everything looked nice. Um, yeah, it, I I don't know. Like facial expressions change whenever mm-hmm. they're fighting, which is something that doesn't happen that often. 
like especially with a lot of like in anime and in uh, American cartoons, um, you'll have you know a fight and like people's faces will remain expressionless. Yeah. And this one, like everybody, you can see you know effort and everything like that that everybody goes through, and I I really enjoy that. I also enjoyed like the the voice acting in this. I could tell that they really put their gusto into this and actually acting it out. I didn't feel like anyone phoned it in. I could no. be wrong about that. When I maybe when I watch reseason one, um, maybe an ancillary character does, but everyone seemed to. It, it, I really like the voice acting for this one, and everyone filled in their part really well. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right. Well, this is fun, Carl. Hey, thanks for having me on, Josh. Oh, no problem. Where can everybody catch up with you social media-wise? Um, Social media-wise, I am mainly on Facebook. It's Carl Valentine. Um, that's really the only thing I got. Um, I'm kind of buried in the ground. I'm not up with all you... Uh, with all you well, young you, whippersnappers. You kids over here with your iTunes and your flippity flops and But I tell you what, if I get if I become a little bit more and get on with the uh get on here a little bit more and discuss things with you, I will totally make an Instagram and you some should. other stuff so people can contact me and tell me what I got wrong cuz I probably got some things wrong. Get your Baptist monk up. That is if you ever want to send me an email, it's Baptist monk all Run on b a p t i s t m o n k at aol dot com. Shut. <laughs> Told you I was old. Oh god. Freaking. Go to go to Baptist Monk at Geo Cities. <laughs> now you're digging deep. Oh <laughs> uh, jeez. Uh, check out my blog. Uh, at Blogster. Um, oh, what was that other one? Oh, what what was there? Oh jeez. Well, I know you know there was MySpace, which yeah. I think MySpace is still around. We should get a MySpace. You remember Weebly? Yes. Yeah. Well, That's we... something Josh didn't want to talk about. All right. Uh <laughs> Well, you say that, but we use Weebly. Oh, yeah. Weebly still Oh, okay. Yep. It's actually quite good now. Oh, they okay. Com- they completely changed uh, it. Okay. It's no longer some bit garbage. Okay. Where you have to type everything and code everything yourself. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now it's all built in. For okay. Because I was talking about Weebly. You know, like literally, like ten years ago. Yeah. No. It's, it, it actually works now. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Josh L. Kane. You can find the podcast on Instagram at Animation Station Podcast. On Twitter at Animate Podcast. Facebook and Tumblr Animation Station Podcast. All of our episodes are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Google Play, and at our website, AnimationStationPodcast.com. Carl, thanks so much. Thank you, Josh. All right. So for the Animation Station Podcast, I'm Josh. I'm Carl. Bye-bye, little butterfly. See you. No, I need, I, need a better, uh, I need a better closer from you. So for the Animation Station Podcast, I'm Josh. And I'm Carl. Bye-bye, little butterfly. Same bat time, same bat channel.